Well, it was an incredible end to what's been a crazy week here at Fight Camp. We've uh, seen a massive upset last night, obviously. Well, some might say it was an upset, but Dillian, we knew Alexander Povetkin was going to be a very, very dangerous customer. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously he's a very um, dangerous guy, you know. Um, I was bossing a fight, I was winning a fight, and I just, um, I just got caught. It's one of those things here with boxing. It's not like I got beat up rounds after rounds, and, you know, it just... Just got clocked, that's all, you know. Um, he dipped low, I shoot the hook, he came with the uppercut, you know, and and that was it. But it's all good. The main thing is we got a rematch, we're gonna try and exercise the rematch, try and get it done before by the end of the year. Have a couple weeks rest and get straight back in the gym. And um, it's not like oh, I need to improve on anything, really, you know. What I mean, that has to just be a bit more switched on in, in certain stages and clock onto his pot and a bit better, you know. When he dip low, you know, I realize he'll come for the hook or the uppercut. So it's a simple adjustment to make. Any regrets about taking the fight itself? Because we talked a lot beforehand about the possibility that you could have just sat back and, and waited for your chance, but you wanted to have this fight, didn't you? I have no regrets. It was a great fight, you know, obviously, Pavekin done well, you know. Um, like I said, I know I can beat him, and I know I could beat him. And um, I showed up from, the, from round one, you know I mean? From round one, I was getting on to him. But you know, obviously he's a very experienced guy. And he pulled he pulled um, you know, it's like his was on the verge of pulling him out. And he pulled out one of the best punches of his career. But that's that's a bit boxing, it's just full of drama, ups and downs, you know, you have someone beat you and I wanted to rush him in the fourth round because he's quite dangerous when he's hurt, he swings quite big punches and big hooks and stuff. But I thought it was boxing well and you know, I done, I done good man. It seemed like you were just annoyed with yourself really at the end of the fight for, for having got tagged with that. Yeah, I was. I was a little bit annoyed because it's a silly mistake. I blocked that punch a hundred times in training, you know, and um, the one time, you know, one time um, it needed to be blocked, I was a little bit too late to block it, you know. I decided to count instead of blocking it, and then that's what happened, you know. Obviously, he was on his, he was on his last legs and I was pressing him as well, so. But it's, it's heavyweight boxing, man, you know, and that's what happens. You've said to us many a time that you're still learning and, and this was going to be another learning fight mm -hmm. for you. So that's another big lesson in many ways, I guess, is it? Yeah, I'm still one of the top heavyweights around. You know, I mean? It's not like, oh, I'm old or I'm beaten up. I'm still one of the top heavyweights around and I'm still learning. You know, I'm still learning. I learned a, a, a harsh mistake last night, but it's all good. You know, I'm, I'm still upbeat. I'm still the same me. I'm still ready to go. And, um, you know, uh, and I can't wait to get back in. God willing, we can get using the rematch in the next week or so and, and get the ball rolling. So is it one of those where you just got to hold your hand up and, and say fair play to, to Povetkin for pulling that incredible punch from, from seemingly nowhere? No, no, fair play to him, of course. Yeah, fair play to him, you know, he landed the punch. He set it up and he landed the punch. So um, fair play to him. I can't really say, oh, yeah, it was this. I had a great camp, everything was good. You know, I can't say, oh, yeah, um, this was wrong or that was wrong. He was trading and he landed, that's all. You know, fair play to him, good fighter. Defeat a lot of top guys, and like I said, he's still hungry and he's still motivated. But I know one million percent I can beat him, and in the rematch, I, I, I will handle business. You've had setbacks before in your career, yeah. and you've always bounced yeah. back from them, story so this is just life. another one. Yeah, story of my life, setback of the setback. But no, it's all good, man. You know, I'm just grateful to have um, all the support I have on the British fans and the fans around the Royal BME. I'm, I'm so grateful, so, so grateful to everyone, and thanks to all of you guys as well for supporting me and believing in me, man. We've enjoyed it, we really have, and it's been great working with you. The plan now, I guess, is just to, you're going to go back to Portugal, have a couple of weeks off, and then get straight back on it for training. Yeah, I'll spend some time with my family and stuff and see people I haven't seen in a long time, and then um, two weeks and get straight back into training and just um, 
you know, just come back. I, I'm already in good shape. I already have a good camp, so it's not like I need another 12, 15 weeks. No, you know, 10, 10 12 weeks, and I'm, and I'm, I'm good and ready to rock. And how long do you think it'll be before we maybe get that date sorted? Because we're, we're talking maybe what December, November, something like that. Do you think? Yeah, December, November. So let's see. Obviously, you know, I had a little chat to Eddie this morning. Let's see what happens. Obviously, there's other fights going on, but let's see. This is a big fight, and um. You have to strike where the iron is at the time. It's not to strike. There's no point waiting into next year, you know what I mean? Obviously, you know, he's in shape, I'm in shape. You know, let's get it on. Immediate rematches are usually fire. Well, Dillian, thank you very much indeed for speaking to us. So uh, We uh, wish you the best of luck and uh, we wish you the best in, the, in Portugal to, for getting back onto things for the next fight, for the rematch <laughs> with uh, Alexander Povetkin. Don't be shy. Life won't bring you down too far. Raza Bani for IFL TV in association with MTK Global with me on this Sunday afternoon. Uh, my man OD O'Hara Davis. Uh, O'Hara, how are we doing? I'm good, you know, nice little Sunday morning just at mum's house. Um, enjoying the sun as I'm getting ready for the Golden Contract Final. Absolutely, towards the end of September, which we will certainly catch up with you in detail. Uh, Ahara, the mm. reason I want to speak to you today is uh, I know your close affiliation with Dillian White, and I'm sure yeah. you watched the fight last night. Uh, devastating yeah. defeat. Uh, what was your yeah. instant reaction? Uh, my instant reaction was I'm proud of him. I know everyone's been going online saying I feel sorry for Dillian White, blah, blah, blah. Um, do I feel safe for him? I'll say, I'm proud of him that he's achieved what he has achieved up until up until now. Um, he's still young. He's got many more years left in his game, and I feel like it's just a little thing that happens in your boxing career. You know, you win some and you lose some. Um, it's a little trip, but he'll get right back up and he'll get the world title shot that he wants. But it's all in good time. I feel like there ain't no rush. He's still young. He's still got like he's like he's still got years. In, um, left in his in, in his boxing career it's right of us but I feel like you live and you learn and I feel like he will learn from this he obviously was in control of the fight he, he knocked yeah. him down twice I believe it was round yeah. four uh, and then yeah. he just got a bit unstuck there uh, yeah. and, uh, with with the shot that he took now a lot of people say and Anti Joshua said as well during commentary that he felt like he would like to, he would have liked to see Dylan White jump on Povetkin after the fourth round yeah. What did you kind of make of that whole scenario? I think Dillian fought a really good fight. I feel like he was up on points. Um, I didn't feel like he needed like to change anything. He was doing fine up until then. And he just got hit. But the thing is, at that weight class, you can't afford to make any mistakes. All it takes is that one punch and you're gone out cold. Um, and it's just a tiny, a tiny little mistake that he made and he paid for it in a great way. Um, but I feel like he was doing good until then. I feel like he's got a good coach on his side and he knows what he has to work on next. And I hope that they fight again because I'll be, look, I'll be, really, looking, I'll be really looking forward to it. And he gets a chance to redeem himself. Obviously, one of the hardest things for, I believe, for dinner will be he, he waited so long to become yeah. uh, that mandatory challenger for the WBC belt, which, is, which the WBC mm -hmm. announced that. Without doubt, the winner of Wilder Fury has to fight Dillian White. He got in touching distance. Is that going to be hard for him? Because we know even if he takes a rematch and he wins, 
there's no guarantee yeah. that he'll he'll fight the winner immediately. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a longer route now. It's gonna be another long way, I believe. It's gonna be another long way. But what the thing about Dillian is that he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up. He'll get knocked down. He'll get right back up, and he'll go again. So that's why I don't feel sorry for him. I feel proud of him to have got to where he's got to, and I know. In time, he'll get his world title shot. But it's all in good time. So um, he should take the next three weeks off, take a month off or so. Enjoy life. Be happy. Enjoy your life and your family. Enjoy your success. Don't think about boxing. Don't let failure get to your heart. Um, and Dillian's the man. Dillian's going to get up there. That punch that, that connected that uppercut that Povetkin hit him with, does that knock out a lot of heavyweights? That knocks out anyone. That punch knocks out anyone. I don't care if I don't care if they say if they hit me, I would have been up. Nah, stop lying. Povetkin hit him with a clean shot, and listen, that punch would have taken out anyone, especially at that weight class. At that weight class, you can't afford to make any mistakes. Um, listen, anyone would have been up. Punch. And a lot of people don't know, or, or some people know, that Dylan White didn't yeah. have the longest amateur career. He's only yeah. had. 28, 29 fights. So he's, he's relatively still learning. Exactly. He's still learning on the game. He's not like all of these other pros that had many fights, fought for this, fought in that, Olympics, European Games, World Games, blah, blah, blah. So you know it's fairly inexperienced. Just like Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard had about 12 amateur fights. I had 18 amateur fights. Okoli had about 21 amateur fights. Conor Ben had about 20 amateur fights. So... We got all we got all these pros that are so inexperienced, and we're having to learn on the job. We're having to learn on the job. There was a lot of other pros who've got that advantage over us because they put all that experience in the amateurs. But a guy like White is having to learn on the go. And O'Hara, I know something you've been through as always when when you've taken a loss or gone through certain adversities where the 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 people hate you. Get the haters come out. Now I remember when Tash and Fury. Uh, left boxing for a while. People were saying Tyson Fury is done. When Anthony Joshua got knocked out, Anthony Joshua's done. Deontay Wilder lost a few months ago. Deontay Wilder's done. And now I'm seeing Dylan White's done. You know, got a message for those for those kind of people out there? Listen, I ain't got a message for them because those guys are never going to change. All the negative boxing fans and the internet trolls are never going to change. My message will only be to... It'll, it'll just be to Dylan White and it'll be don't let failure get to your heart. Never. I remember when I got beat, I thought Taylor, after talking all that trash that I spoke, um, everyone wants to fight. I was a, I was the laughing stock of the whole country, of the boxing world at that time. But one thing I've done, I never let failure get to my heart. I never let what happens in boxing get to my heart. I'm going to be happy regardless. Failure or success, I'm in a better place now than I was last year. And that's what, I'm, and that's what that counts. Dean White is in a better place now then he was 10 years ago, then he was five years ago, then he was last year. And that's what that matters. As soon as you let failure and you let what happens in your boxing career get to your heart, it will send you crazy. You'll go mad. And I feel like you have to protect your mind and your sanity. Don't read what the fans say online. Over Twitter, I can't see what they say if I'm not following them. So, you know, I can change it on my settings. If I'm not following you, I can't see what they write because otherwise I'll sit there reading all day about some guy called Tom Smith that ain't got no picture that's got, well, that's got like an apple as a picture. He's got no followers saying Aaron Davis is a cunt. I've been seeing that all day. Come on, I want to, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to be seeing that. 
So I don't let failure get to my heart and I don't listen to what the boxing troll say. Do that and you'll be happy. Did he why? Yeah, he took a loss, but it'll get back up there. It's okay. Loss is, is what shapes you as a man, what shapes you as a person. You learn, you live and you learn. But Dillian White, is, Dillian White is, a, is a success. I don't feel sorry for him. I feel proud of him. Ohara, well said. I uh, appreciate you jumping on this afternoon for a few moments, my man. Uh, as I mentioned, I know we've done that e-presser with you and your friend Tara McKenna, uh, but I will catch up with you in due course as we get closer and closer to September 30th. Mm -hmm. Ahara Davis for IFL TV, thank you very much. Thank you. So Danny Flexen for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Maxi Hughes. Coming off a brilliant upset victory um, over John O'Carroll that I was fortunate enough to watch on TV. Really enjoyed it. Um, obviously not as much as you. Um, is it worn off yet or are you still kind of elated by, by getting the win? Not just winning, but actually getting the decision as well. Yeah, I'm st still elated. Um, I'm just cur currently at work. Um, but yeah, uh, as I'm busy cracking in with work, you know, it's nice just keep thinking, you know, I might be at work now and there's nobody here, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I've just come, I'm coming off a big win here. So just enjoying it. Yeah, really enjoying it, enjoying all the tension and everything. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all going really good. You've been on the wrong end of close decisions before. Are there any that spring to mind where you think you, um, won more clearly than you did against John O'Carroll? Um, perhaps the the first Martin Ward, Martin J. Ward fight in London, uh, even though there were, you know, there were controversial knockdowns and I thought that were, I thought I had that one in the bag. Um, but pr pr probably not so as clear as Probably not as clear as the John O'Carroll win uh, last week. No, I think uh, like straight away I, there were no doubt in my mind that I'd, I'd won. Um, I didn't feel like I barely took a shot. Uh, I blocked everything uh, and evaded. Um, but yeah, I feel like that were a real clear win, and I thought there's no doubt that I've won this. So it was never in the back of your mind that they might try and take it away from you, given what's happened in the past. Yeah, that that was definitely in the back of my mind. As soon as final bell went, um, and I went back to my corner, I thought I've I've done enough to win this. I feel I feel confident enough that I've won it. But then I I, I had to keep trying to get reassurance from Sean and um, the other two cornermen. I was like, do, do you think I've won? Do you think I've think I've got this? And they were like, they were like, they were they were confident saying yeah. But then I glanced out at ring. And the three judges, I could see them, and they obviously they were just passing the scores up to the MC, uh, to the MC. But I was just thinking, why are they taking so long? This is this has took longer than the previous two fights with judges. I thought, I I just hope they don't I hope they don't take this one from me, because um, you know. So it was I did have that bit of anxiousness, um, thinking oh, they, they could take this, but I thought I hope they don't because I. 
I feel like I've really got this one. And did Jono say much to you, either you know, when the fight ended before the decision was announced or after the decision was announced? Um, nothing more than just like, you know, well done, uh, good, good fight, you know, as, as normal. It didn't, you know, there were, there were no, other, no other talk. It was were, were just respectful and, and uh, it, 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 were, it were like half and half. He were half gracious in defeat and then, you know, I think he's just struggling to accept that he lost, you know, he's said a couple of excuses, um, which I know, I know how it feels to lose when you, when you think, when you, when you don't, you know, it's not nice losing, but um, you just got to take it on chin and, and get on with it. It's, it's now when you see how strong a fighter is on the comeback. Um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't say nothing. And I saw him back at the hotel um, just before I left. I, I again, I shook his hand and, it must be a bit he, awkward. He can go to him. <laughs> it is, yeah. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Like, um, yeah. Like, I saw him afterwards, and I, we weren't gonna go back to the hotel because we were so close to home. Me and Sean set off to go home, um, but Josh, Josh had all lads round at um, his house to watch it, and they were that they were that buzzing for me. Soon as after the decision, they jumped in car and drove straight to hotel. They phoned us and says, where, where are you? He says, right, we're going home. And uh, he says, oh, no, he says, we're only 10 minutes from the hotel. We've come to see you. So he says, all right, well, we'll call the hotel. And then, so I, so I saw John, like I said bye to Jono at the venue and like shook his hand. They were like, you know, all by see again. <laughs> and then <laughs> bumped into a game in the hotel. And had to say it all again. <laughs> oh, God. Um He's obviously a former world title challenger, coming off a really good win of his own against Scott Quigg. So defeating him, where does that put you now? Uh, I'm just waiting to hear Batman manager Steffi Bull and my trainer Sean. They're, they're going to be in talks with MTK because I did sign a contract for the fight, uh, which there was an option in there that they could promote my next fight. Um, but we're open to you know, get a bit more, get, you know, some sort of deal, hopefully. Um, so it's just a matter of waiting to see where that leads. What would you like? You know, what, what um, belts would you like to change for? Or what fights would you like to have? You, you must have a, an idea of who you'd like to go against. Um, anyone, whoever, whoever's going to pay me the most money, to be honest. Um, at this stage in my career now, it'd be nice to finish with a few quid. Um, any domestic belts um, would be nice. I do fancy myself against um, the European Francisco um, Patera, is it? Um, I'm not sure if he's vacated. I know he's had a couple of defences. Uh, I don't know if he's now looking at international towards a world title. Um, but if he has still got it or whatever, I, I fancy my chances there. I know, I know it's still COVID and the restrictions on travel, but I, I would be happy to go to Belgium and fight that. But, um, I think but whatever, whatever comes to my They were talking way. about him um, fighting James Tennyson with the European on the line. Oh, and I think yeah. They said he's vacated, so Tennyson would have to fight someone else. But how about that as a fight? Tennyson, he's kind of on the up and up at lightweight. Is that one you'd fancy? 
Uh, not after his last performance. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you get out of the way of a few on. more of the shots, to be fair. Yeah, I get no, on no a disrespect lot with, to Gavin Gwynn. Yeah, I get on a lot with Tennyson and, and his trainer, Tony, and his, his manager, Mark Dunlop. Um, so I don't know if, if James is, is vacating and moving straight on. I, I'm not sure what their plans are, but... Um, I'm, I'm not too bothered, who, you know, who it is. As just um, as long as big fights come my way and keep me motivated, because that's at this stage in my career, that's what I need. Like um, just them big names. Like I did accept a fight to go to Russia just before Carol fight against um, I, I can't pronounce his name. I, I forgot his name to be honest. But you're only a, a ten and O kid um, because I didn't know when. I would get another big fight. So I thought, I'll just accept that. And then a couple of days later, John O'Carroll got offered. And, you know, obviously, he is, like you say, he's coming off a big win against Scott Quigg. Um, he's got some momentum. He's fought for a world title. So we're like, this is, this, is, uh, this is what I want. This is what's going to get me fired up. So I took that. And it's, you know, it's fights like that, I think now going forward is what I'll need, which will bring the best out of me. You've always mixed in and around top domestic class, but against Carroll, you look the best you ever have. Certainly, in my opinion, I've seen you know, at least half of your fights, yeah. I think, since you've been on TV. What is the secret behind that? Why have you improved so much in the last few years, do you think? Uh, I think because I've still got the hunger, the desire, um, and just willing to learn. And I think because... Um, look after myself, you know, obviously in and out of the gym, just pretty much keep training and just work, work hard and train hard. And, and I, I, am, I haven't been battered. Uh, the losses that I've had, I've, you know, I've, I've um, you know, I've pushed it all way and I've not been really outclassed or beat up. So um, I'd say I'm a, I'd say my body's a, a young 30 year old um, so yeah, I still keep improving. I think that's why the hunger's still there. You know, I'm going in gym. I'm I'm mixing with top kids, sparring like. Um, oh, my sparring was over at Jamie Moore's gym with Jack Cattrall, um, Mark Leach, and I did a couple of rounds with Akib Fuiz, who was just signed with Matchroom. So, I'm and obviously I, I train alongside uh, Josh Warrington. Got young Reese Mould in gym, so I'm in good company. Um, which only drive, drives you, I suppose, drives you on more. Um, so I think that's why, um, yeah, maybe maybe it's that that's keeping me improving and just keep getting better. You said you're at work now. What what is it you do? And when was your first day back? Uh, first day was well, yesterday, painting and decorating on new, new build housing sites. Um, I suppose I, I probably could have had some time off, um, but I'm, I, I see because my wife she's the um, she's the main provider at our household, so I see it as a healthy competition just to see who <laughs> can bring most money and back to house. Um, but yeah, it's just I've, I've got a good job. I work for my uncle's company. My uncle's been good for me um, throughout my career, taking time off here and there, and. When I've needed to go to sparring, I'll be finishing early and, and you know leaving to go and do that. So it's only right that I come, I come and 
you know, I work hard, but, and as well, I, I, I was feeling pretty fresh, to be honest. So, like, I didn't take too many punches in fight. I just uh, had a little bit of a rest. I had Thursday, Friday off. So, well, you're on Monday, I, I was feeling fresh. Yeah, nothing. Apart from the pain. No, on me a couple. <laughs> yeah, a couple <laughs> of little bruises, but, you know, no more than I, I get during sparring. So, I was fresh, so I'll come straight back to work. And have you got kids? Are you a family man? Yeah, we've got a daughter, two-year-old, um, possibly looking at extending the family, having uh, uh, one or two more. Um, yeah, love, love the family life, um, especially the downtime you get after a fight. That's always nice. Um, you always appreciate it more when I've been training and I don't get to see, see my family a lot, you know, because I'm training and when I get home, I just want to rest. So... It's nice, definitely nice after a fight to spend some quality time with them. Well, it's great to speak to you. I'm really glad the, the buzz hasn't worn off quite yet. Uh, maybe a few more days of work and yeah. <laughs> then we'll see. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's great Come stuff. And, um, <laughs> as soon as your next move's announced, uh, we'll catch up again. You can tell us all about it. Yeah, lovely. Thanks. Thanks for your time. All right. Cheers, Maxie. Take care. Thanks. Sir. Cheers. Bye. 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 This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. Uh, delighted to be joined by Mr. David Hay with a very scenic background. <laughs> I know you're practicing yes. safe driving, obviously, so... Obviously, obviously, safe driving, always all about making sure you're uh, one, get, get, getting around in one piece. How are you? Did you enjoy the fight last night? Well, it was a dramatic night. Um, obviously, I know you would have uh, tuned in, but let's just kind of get that's, straight. That, that's why heavyweight boxing is the glamour division, because at any given time, all it takes is one. That's that. That's the old cliche. Because all it takes is one shot in heavyweight division. So, all it takes is one shot, and it. But it does. You know, very rarely does stuff like that happen in the welterweight division or the light middleweight division or the bantamweight. But at the top level, you know. But it was. It was one of those. Um, it was one of those nights that it was weird to start off with to have such a meaningful fight with two. You know, high-level world operators. You know, mandatory fighting with no crowd. That off the bat, that was weird. Seeing those, seeing the warm-up, for instance, in a change room in a real little. I'm It was like an amateur type of um, scenario where you just in a. You know, it looked weird. The whole thing looked strange, and obviously then that that one shot after Dylan White having, you know, things his own way for the large majority of that fight. He didn't seem himself. Though I'm, I'm, he didn't seem. I believe <clears throat> the version of uh, Dylan White that beat uh, Rivas, and the version of Dylan White that 
beat Joseph Parker would have won that fight last night for sure. He didn't seem his. He didn't. You know. He didn't. He didn't seem his rough, tough self. He was. It was like he was trying to play a technical game with a former Olympic champion, former heavyweight champion, who's, you know, who's uh, made a massive, long, successful career on you know, picking those punches in in that range. You know, so uh, I, re I really, I really felt for Dylan. You know, I really did feel for him. But you know, he's he's young. He can he can come again. He can. Re he just needs to reevaluate things. You know, was the move to Portugal the right thing? Was, you know, the, the breakup with his coach, was that the right thing? You know, was, you know, he's just got to reevaluate what worked, what didn't work. And if you could do things again, how would it be? Because deep down, he'll know what went right. He'll know when, what went wrong. And a lot of fighters, when things are going wrong in camp, but instead of trying to change it, what mid-camp, they think, okay, let me just get to, let me get through this fight and then I'll change things. But sometimes that, that opportunity doesn't come or you lose a fight first. And, um, you know, it's, there's no disgrace in a heavyweight boxer walking onto an almighty shot and getting stopped. It happens. You know, if let's just say that same shot um, that he got caught with um, or we had the same referee, that's the, the same referee waved it off without a count. You know, I definitely feel that he, you know, someone, you know, who's, who's the, you know, who's been managed through thousands of years, he deserves a count. He didn't get a count, although he may not have woken up. Many people, you know, would have said the same thing. Uh, if, you know, remember when, 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 Ty, when, Ty, when Tyson Fury was on? He's got a better one. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Where is he? I'm going to, I'm going to see him. Yeah, 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 fine. I'm not bad, man. I'm not bad. Just say, man. Oh, thanks, man. Have a nice one, man. See you, man. Bye. Tyson Fury, you were talking about. Yeah, I was saying Tyson Fury when he got put down as heavily as he did in the twelfth round against Deontay Wilder, he was given the opportunity of a ten-second count to either stay asleep or wake up. Dylan White didn't. You know, after five seconds, okay, but he didn't get any count. I'm not sure if that's, is that something that's, we need to figure out in boxing what happens when you get knocked down now. It's because it can't be fair, one referee giving you a 10 count and one referee stopping it instantly, you know, depending on what country you're in. So maybe there needs to be a, an evaluation of what are the rules of boxing? Because you can't have one fight, it gets knocked down, is asleep on the floor for seven seconds, is allowed to wake up and continue and get a draw where someone else gets knocked down and the fight's instantly over. You know, what, what are the rules of boxing? Because I, I genuinely, I've been in boxing my whole life and I'm not sure now what the right or wrong thing. Is it a British Boxing Board of Control versus uh, a Los Angeles thing? I don't know. I don't know. It seemed a bit strange. Seemed a bit strange. But he lost the fight fair and square. He's got a, good, he's got a rematch and he'll have to do things significantly different in the, in the rematch. You know, um, he just didn't seem himself. He didn't seem the way he to watch the fight against Joseph Parker. He went out there, applied himself. Even look at the fight when he had against uh, Chisora. He was he was he was really getting. Dylan's strength is his strength. Dylan's effectiveness is his effectiveness of just applying pressure and just doing his thing. He was he was kind of it was like he was waiting for something. I don't, I don't know what he was waiting for, you know. So. Um, Maybe he's got to look at, you know, look at, look at, look at the setup. He was in great shape. 
I could see between, I could see between rounds. <coughs> I could see between rounds he wasn't winded in any way. After the first round, Povetkin looked really winded. He looked like a 40-odd-year-old man in there versus, um, you know, versus uh, you know, Dillo looked fresh, looked fresh in the daisy. But it was just, it just, something just wasn't clicking. I don't know what it was. He almost sat him out there uh, in the, the fourth round. Uh, dropped him twice in that round. Credit to Povetkin because he recovered in that and ended up knocking him out in the fifth. But that fight was in Dylan's hands in that fourth round. It was. It was in his hands. And I think he was being maybe being a bit too patient. You know, when you get a man like Povetkin hurt, you've got to really, really keep, apply the pressure and keep the pressure going. But, but Povetkin was landing a lot of very, very good body shots. Very good body shots. You know, Dylan, Dylan was physically superior to him in terms of, you know, power, size. You know, he, he just seems to, he just, he, he wanted to play a technical game for him for some weird reason. I don't know what that reason was. Like he was, I don't know, he just, he just didn't see himself. Or maybe Povetkin forced him to fight in a different way than, he, than we're, we're accustomed to seeing him. But it was uh, very dramatic. Um, hope he's okay. Um, and it's interesting that he's got a rematch. I, 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 I was under the assumption the winner of this fight was was then fighting the the winner of uh, Fury and Wilder. I thought that was the, the idea of this fight. But if there's a rematch, okay, there's a rematch. I think so, according, um, according to Eddie Hearn, David, sorry, um, he said that yeah. despite... Povetkin now being mandatory, his situation is different to Dillian White's mandatory because of the being number one for the thousand days, and I think it was going to be um, he was it was going to be ordered. Povetkin sits as mandatory, but I, I don't think there's a particular time scale on it. So that's uh, yeah, it's all messed up. It's all messed yeah. up. It's not straightforward at all. It's a new no. Situation he was in the February 2021 time scale, which was the original yeah. thing. Povetkin doesn't just come in there and do that, but we assume that they'll rematch by the end of the year. We're assuming December time. Yeah. Okay. 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 But it's you know, he's got a, he's got he's got a, he's got a you know D D Dylan's been around a long time. You know he didn't have a long extensive amateur career. He's been fast tracked. He's taken so many fifty fifty fights um, recently that. A 50-50 fight means, you know, it's a 50-50. You know, give a 50-50 toss of a coin with someone, you can't win them all. No. So putting yourself in these tough 50-50 fights, the fans appreciate, the fans love it. But the fans have also got to realise, if you want a fighter to have 50-50 fights, he's not going to win every single one of them. <laughs> you know, so I think a lot of people uh, will be quick to, you know, they, particularly boxing, people love to kick a man when he's down. But it's hard to kick a man when he's down when he's the guy actively trying to fight the best, most toughest opposition yeah, continuously. So you got you got to, you know, if there are people out there trying to get some sort of satisfaction out of another's demise, you know, just think, you know, he didn't have to fight for Vetkin, but he chose to fight a dangerous, a dangerous former champion, Olympic champion. And now uh, in a fight he was winning, he walks onto a shot, you know. So it's just, you know, he's got he's got his rematch. We'll see whether it was a what it was a fluke. If you or, or whether it was, you know, he, he was bettered by the better man. You know, it was uh, it was a, it was an interesting fight. It wasn't 
I remember going through it after the first four rounds. Once the fourth round happened and Povetkin started getting getting knocked about a bit and started getting put down, I thought to myself, okay, he's showing his age here. You know, he had a few rounds in him. You know, the cream rises to the top and then boom, round five. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful sort of set. Bam, really put it, really sunk it through as a peach of, peach of a punch. And uh, that's, that's, that's heavyweight boxing. That's, that's what it's all about. As they say. Uh, um, all right, David, I'm going to let you get on with your day. It looks like it might start raining, so I don't know if you want to keep that roof off for too long. No, it's all right. Not bad. I'll, I'll drive in the rain all day long. It's no problem. All right. Uh, your little boy, I think of that. But, um, yeah, I appreciate your time. <laughs> Just wanted a, a little reaction to that. Uh, so I appreciate that, David. And uh, Yeah. But I, I just want to say to, to Dylan... It's happened to the greatest fighters of all time. Lennox Lewis, arguably, for me, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best to ever do it. He's, it's happened, it happened to him twice. It doesn't stop. He, you know, but what did he do? He got his revenge both times. And he, can rem- and he beat every man he ever faced as a professional. Mm. You know, that's you know, Oliver McCall um, and Hasim Rackman. I'm not sure if either one of those are considered as good as Povetkin is on paper. Look mm. at the record, look at the amateur pedigree. Povetkin, I believe, will be considered significantly higher than both of those guys who knocked out Lennox Lewis. So there's no, dis- no disgrace there. Anything can happen in the heavyweight division. Regroup, dust yourself off, come back. Young guy, he's got the right mentality. <laughs> I, 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 I feel he's, 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 uh, he's great for British boxing. He's, he's great. Uh, great hypes to fight up, gets people interested. The pay-per-view numbers are supposed to be fantastic. He's done. He's done his part. He just came off second best, you know, in a fight. You know, he really, he really had to win. Basically, it's a learning phase. It's a long, long journey. This boxing game. He's got another five, six, seven years in him for sure, and um, he'll he'll be back. You know, no doubt. People need to don't be, don't jump off the. Dylan White, the body snatcher bandwagon just yet. He's got plenty of plenty. Look, look what he's done since his first loss to Anthony Joshua. Look how look what he's done. You know, and he he, he can come again. He can come again. Absolutely. All right, David. Thank you very much for your time, my friend. And uh, no problem, no problem. Hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Definitely. The life won't bring you down too far. This is Andy Perrault for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Jones over Zoom. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. How's yourself? I'm good, mate. Obviously, it's good to hear you're doing well. Um, a dramatic night of boxing last night. Let's start our way from the top and work down. A stunning knockout victory for Alexander Povetkin against Dillian White. That, that uppercut certainly caught a few by surprise. But what did you make of Alexander's victory? Um, stunning, as you say, it's stunning. I, I thought um, Dillian was in control at the start of the fight. I thought his jab looked really good. Um, I thought he looked very relaxed, Dillian. Um, 
but the way Povetkin was, you could see him working on it for the, for the, for the, uh, for, uh, for the first few rounds. You could see him looking for the uppercut. And boy, did he find it in, the, in, that, in that last, uh, in that fifth round. He, he just set it up and it was, it was brilliant the way he did it. He delivered it perfectly and executed the punch. And it was just a shot from hell, wasn't it? That from, from, uh, from Povetkin. And I'm just sick for Dillian because look, a thousand days he's waited for, for a world title shot. He's not needed to take this fight. He could have just done what Pulev did, and um, uh, uh, sat it out and wait for his world, wait for his world title shot. But that's not his style. He wants to give the fans entertainment. He wants to fight. He's a fighter at heart, and uh, it was just, it was just unbelievable. The only, the only thing I could have said that Dillian, uh, Dillian could have done. This is just from my uneducated opinion. Was when he had Povetkin hurt. I thought the old raw kind of Dillian like if you watch the fight when Dillian fought Joshua when he wobbled Joshua he was all over him Wilder style like he wanted to get him out of there and I thought he could have done that last night and I, and I thought maybe that could have he could have he could have got him out of there but look it, you, you, that, that kind of shot would have troubled any heavyweight um, so you just got to rematch it's heavyweight boxing mate. This, this shit happens for Vetkins yeah he's 41 years old but he's still you saw him, how it was just be a beautiful punch, wasn't it? You will not see a better uppercut landed than that in, in the world of boxing, Let, never mind in all, across all divisions. He was, he was, he was, what a peach, what a peach of a shot. Up until the point of the uppercut, how did you feel the fight was going? How did you feel Dillian was boxing? Because he certainly, over social media at least, was getting a lot of credit. What did you make of Dillian's performance? I, I thought that he was winning the fight, but it wasn't as. I didn't have it as comfortable as Sky had it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I saw some good work from Povetkin in there. I thought Povetkin was going well to the body. Povetkin was, hit, was, was, was tapping, was, was catching Dillian there. He was uh, interesting in there, Povetkin. As I, as I said, like, he was, he was dangerous to the last second. And look, he, he, he set him up. Look, he, that shot was not a fluke, by the way. That shot was not a fluke. He set it up perfectly and it was just a peach. Right on the bottom. When when kind of like looking over social media, it seems to be people weren't necessarily surprised or shocked in the, in the fact that Povetkin would had won because everybody knows Povetkin's a very dangerous and game opponent still. But it was more so the point that Dillian had him wobbled and hurt so much to the to in the fourth, yeah. and he just kind of come out of the blue in some some regards. We we Povetkin always does that though, doesn't he? Listen, he had Joshua hurt. He had. David Price had him all over the place. David Price wobbled Povetkin all over the place. So you can never count him out. But listen, there's a lot of know-it-alls on Twitter, on, on social media today saying, oh, I knew that was going to happen. Okay, then. Like, no, you didn't. Like, everyone knew Povetkin was dangerous. I knew Povetkin was dangerous. I thought Dillian was going to win the fight, and he was winning. But it's heavyweight boxing, isn't it? It's heavyweight, it's, it's heavyweight boxing. This can happen. This can happen to absolutely anybody. It's big, heavy big punching heavyweights throwing punches at each other any anything could could happen i mean dillian uh, is like he's he's looked vulnerable in in fights before against parker like you've seen dillian in trouble before but i mean he he got there was there was no getting up from that that was it was just you've got to just give it give credit to alexander povetkin i see that dillian teams getting stick on online or the um the coach's situation strength and conditioning listen Dillian was in great shape for that fight and he just got knocked out by a huge uppercut. Like, there's nothing more to... You can't really dress it... I mean, I looked at it again, the fight this... I watched it 
again this morning. As I said before, maybe Dylan could have jumped on him, but uh, opinions are like arseholes, aren't they, mate? Everyone's got one. Like it's it's, it's different when when you were uh, when you're in there. I, I thought Dylan was boxing well. I thought he was boxing well. One lapse of concentration and boom, he, he got he got to. I, I respect Dillian massively. Like he takes he takes hard fights. Um, he doesn't need to. He's been mandatory for a million days for for the WBC world title. Hopefully, Eddie's going to get the rematch. He can he can uh, he can uh, uh, right the wrong. The rematch was spoken about last night. If he was in Dillian's shoes, is it a matter of just saying that as soon as possible, or is there a kind of a psychological aspect yeah. to overcome at all? Yeah. No. Uh, listen, I think Dillian's overcome a lot in his life. Uh, he had a kid when he was like eleven years old. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he, Dillian's not. He's he's not used to adversity. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's he's had the odds against him from when he was a young a young man. So I think that a, a, a rematch isn't gonna isn't gonna Mentally, I think, yeah, he's going to get a lot of stick online because, look, in boxing, if you lose one fight, you're all of a sudden shit, aren't you? So it's um, it's always that aspect. But I think Dillian's more mentally strong than that and uh, can get himself together, have a nice break, um, have a nice break because he needs one, have a, have a nice few weeks off, eat some crap food, re relax, enjoy yourself, enjoy life, um, and then get get yourself back on it and fight Povetkin towards the uh, the end of the year, and it, it's going to be a huge rematch now, isn't it? Do you feel like if Dillian did have you know Mark Tibbs in his corner, still it would have been any different, or is there anything different that the, the, the team could have done him before that uppercut was landed? Me, as I said before, I've mentioned this all week. Mark Tibbs is never going to be short of work. He's a great trainer. I've got him top five in the in the country. Uh, Mark Tibbs, De definitely. I thought he's refined Dillian, brilliant. When Dillian came to him, he was very raw. Mark tightened him up, did worked on his fundamentals, and he's and he's looked and he's looked good. At, he's looked good ever since. Um, as for last night, it's easy to say, oh, if he was in his corner, that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened. How could Mark Tibbs Tibbs have like that? It's just a it was just a dot. I don't think it would have helped Mark Tibbs and Dillian uh, before the fight. I don't think that's going to help any fighter. But Dillian had his reasons. Mark had his reasons. People always draw it up as if it's a big, massive fallout. I'm sure Mark had his reasons why it's, it's, they've, not been, they've not stayed together. Dillian's got his. Let's just... It is what it is. Last night was... He, he had some wise heads in his corner. And, uh, Dillian last night. Dave Colwell's very experienced trainer, world class trainer. Um, it's but what can you do? <laughs> what, what can what can you do? He just the only criticism I had of Dillian's performance is I thought he could have jumped on him. But what do I know? Like I'm just I'm just uh, I'm just giving my opinion on what I saw. I thought Dillian could have jumped on him like what he would have done a few years ago when he was a little bit more raw. Like that rawness is what makes Dillian great, in my opinion. I think. If Dillian would have jumped on him, maybe he'd have got Povetkin out there. Because Povetkin looked fucked, didn't he? He looked, he looked, he looked knackered after the first round. So I thought Dillian jump on him. He, he had him hurt twice. Get him out of there. He did it to, to the same thing with Chisora in the, third, in the second fight. He had him hurt very early. But if he could have jumped on him, he could have got him out there early. But luckily, Dillian got him, knocked, knocked him with a peach of a left hook in that... Uh, in, in that in that fight, but yeah, that was my only criticism. But other than that, you just got to congratulate Povetkin, haven't you? It was just an unbelievable punch, set it up perfectly, world class punch, heavyweight boxing rematch. Uh, that that that's what it is. I mean, as as I keep saying, 
it's a very fickle sport, it is boxing. Um, in tennis, if Roger Federer loses a couple of games, you're not going to get anyone saying he's not great anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's just, oh, he'll come back from that in a couple of weeks. He'll fight. In boxing, it's just 1v1 with two people punching each other. Like One person can lose at any time. Do you know what I mean? Boxing is the only sport in the world where if you lose one fight, you're shit. It's just, it's ridiculous. So, Dillian, 32 years old, dust yourself off, have a break, come back, rematch. I, I'm, I'll be looking forward to that later on in the year. Just a final thing on it all. Obviously, if Dillian takes a rematch and he's successful, by all accounts, I believe that would probably mean that the WBC mandatory situation would be pushed back with regards to when he'd be able to fight for whoever yeah. holds the title by that time. Again, just how much more does that add to kind of a frustration around Dillian knowing he was... Uh, yeah, loads. But I, I would hope that he would get like a, a pardon. Do you know what I mean? A presidential pardon for that. Because if he beats Povetkin later on in the year, you just, he's, he's got to get his world title shot. But maybe this is just given... This is a sign to say, let's get the, the Fury Joshua fight on. That's the fight everybody wants to see. It's the fight. I'm a fan. I want to see that fight. I don't want to see Wilder Fury 3. I know it's contractually obligated, so we're going to have to see it. But if that fight's not going to happen this year, let's get Fury Joshua on the end of this year. Who cares where it is? I don't care if it's in Saudi Arabia. I don't care if it's in... I don't give a shit where the fight is. Let's just see those two in a ring together. And it's the biggest fight in, 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 uh, in, in, in recent memory. Let's obviously move down through the rest of the card now, Sam. Uh, Taylor Pursuit yeah. 2, again, a terrific fight. How did you yeah. have the... Uh, I personally had Katie Taylor edging it. I did. I had Katie Taylor edging it. I thought in the early round she was... She adjusted from the last fight. But Pursuit was just, just re relentless. I, thought, I said yesterday, like, Babbage with a wig. She was just unbelievable, like that unbelievable fit. She's like a Duracell battery. She just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. Um, what can you say? It was just a great fight. And um big fan of Katie Tay. I think she's just full of class. And uh, I'm happy she got the, uh, the... I thought she lost the first fight, personally. I thought she lost the first fight against Pursuit. But I thought she won. I thought... I thought if it could have, if it was a draw, I wouldn't have argued. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have argued. It was very difficult to score. Like that's why I wasn't really. Uh, that fight for me was above my head. Like, like I was, it was. I, I didn't know how people were scoring. It wasn't obvious, in my honest opinion. I thought, but I thought if anyone's going to get it, it's going to be Katie Taylor here. That's just my opinion. And then beneath that, we had Clay Congo again. He was a very good matchup. Chris Congo stopping Luther in the end. Yeah, great. That was a brilliant shot. What did you make of their clash? I thought it was a lot closer than what other people had it. I, I thought um, Luther Clay was doing some good bodywork um, with, with, with Congo, but I thought Congo always looked the most composed out of the two. Um, and it was, a, it was an amazing finish. And, and I'm really pleased for Congo because he's been like, in the wilderness for the last couple of years. Like, he's had a thousand different managers. He's just, like, he's been, do you know what I mean? He's been all over, kind of all over. The, his career's not really had a clear path. So I'm really pleased for, 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 for Chris there. And it was a great performance, great, great finish. And I'm really pleased for him. And you mentioned him earlier, you know, very briefly, Alan Babich with a, another stunning victory against Sean Dal Winters. What, what does he have about him? Where do you think he can actually go now? Um, I think um, mate, I'd put him in with my heavyweight tomorrow morning, Guido, like yeah, my, my Italian heavyweight. Guido would batter him. That's just my opinion. That he, Babich has got... Listen, Joe Joyce gets accused of having no defence. I don't know what that makes Babbage, but 
He's raw entertainment, isn't he? I love watching him. He's a, he's a nutcase, isn't he? He looks an absolute nutcase. Like, um, he spelled slow wrong the other day, didn't he? What did he add? Did he spell it S-L-A-U? Like, like who's going to be the one to correct him? Because he, he's, he's a madman, isn't he? Great entertainment, great value. And like, he's, he's great TV, isn't he? But I would, st- I would stick my heavyweight uh, Guido in with him, no problem. Um, final fight on that card was Chelly Cullens, actually somebody you have past experience oh, with. Um, but how did you score that fight? Because a lot of people have nine said- one Chelly, nine one Chelly. I had it was an it was an absolute landslide. This is what I, it, it upset me yesterday because look, he, he fought my my guy Cody. You were at your call, weren't you? I'm sure you was at your call oh, that okay. night. Um, and it was a hard fight. Cody clearly won that fight, but I thought. The, the fight before that, he fought Umar Sadiq. He's been matched very hard for a baby, Zach Chelly. And I thought, his dad's a bit of a whopper, isn't he? But um, I felt very, very sorry for, for Zach. I was sick for him because I don't understand, yeah? Like, I, I'm, I'm unqualified, yeah, to score a fight. We're all unqualified. I think that ex-fighters should be judges. That's my opinion. But the Taylor Pursuit fight, for example, I, I was just like, this is like kind of above my head. Like, I can, I can score a fight. I think I can score a fight pretty well. But it was close. That Cullen and Chelly fight was not close. It was, you, you could make a case for Cullen to win three rounds at the absolute most. How anybody scored that fight in Cullen's favour it is criminal. And like you rob Zach Chelly there. Like the word rob gets used very too much, in my opinion. It does like, oh, it's a robbery. That there was a cast iron robbery. It was just, it was, that's the definition of the worst. One of the worst I've seen. Chelly was jabbing well. It was a great performance from Zach Chelly. A great performance. I had to message him. Like, I've never spoke to Zach Chelly in my life. I've never had any communication, but I dropped him a message saying, mate, that, you are so unlucky there. You are so, so unlucky there. It was just like, he could, he, he's had a hard, I don't know, mate. I, I was sick from, that was the worst. Like the, the whole, these fight camps have been great, haven't they? I've really enjoyed every single one of them. But, Fuck me, that was a that was a a signal for Chelly yesterday, a real a real real signal. And like, I I had him winning all but one round, and even even the round Cullen won, could I could have given it to Chelly. I thought it was a complete shutout victory for Zach Chelly. Out jabbed him, landed all the better work, stronger than him, won all the exchanges. How could you how, listen, mate? I could talk about it forever, but like it just anno- it really annoys me because he's only a young kid. Do you know what I mean? Like he does, he well deserved that win, more than deserved that win. He's gone home and like it, that. It'll, it'll be like a loss to him. That will. Do you know what I mean? It's his first fight and a match. Oh, I don't know, mate. It just pisses me off. That does like because I just thought these fights that are hard to score. Like fair enough. That fight was not difficult to 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 see who was winning that fight. That's just my opinion. But I'll shut up about that now. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, it's just I felt I've got it for him. Uh, Sam, I can understand your frustrations. Um, we'll move on from that one then, and just to try and obviously your guy Joe Joyce says we never had a chance to speak yeah. after victory against Michael Vallis. Just going yeah. back to that, Sam, how impressed were you with Joe? Um, Joe was uh, Joe was. Uh, he had four weeks' notice for the fight. Yeah, I told you he had a very hard camp in Las Vegas. He was ready to take on Daniel Dubois. The pandemic came; it changed everything, and Joe just like took some time off, ate some cake, some, some sausage rolls, some cake and that, whatever, whatever, whatever he wants to enjoy his food with. And, and he, was, he was not in the, 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 great, the greatest shape. But Joe's always, Joe would have done 15 rounds the way he did. Do you know what I mean? It's no, it's no problem to Joe. Joe's got natural, unbelievable endurance. But 
people always highlight Joe's. I counted four shots Joe got hit with in that fight, like decent shots. He's the, he's the he's the only heavyweight in the world where because I think because I think his work looks a bit slower, like it's it's he gets he gets annihilated. Oh Joe, he's got hit with clean shots. He got hit with four shots. It's a boxing match. Um, Joe's a lot harder to hit than what people think he is, and uh, I, I'm I just want him in there with the bar, mate. I, I want him in there with the bar. I, I'm I'm Joe's going to beat Daniel Dubois when or if they get in the ring with each other. Joe is going to beat Daniel Dubois. I'm almost. I'm really sick of talking about that fight, to be honest. But it's um, Joe's going. Joe's going to. Joe's going to stop him and uh, do it a lot easier than what people think he's going to do it. There's only one fight in between them now, and that's obviously Daniel Dubois who faces Ricardo Schneider's next week. Now, obviously, change of opponent. What do you make of that? And do you know anything about him at all? I think that they they bottled the the uh, the Pfeiffer fight. I think I think they, they looked at Pfeiffer and thought. We don't need to make a risk because Pfeiffer can fight. Pfeiffer's, a, Pfeiffer's got a great amateur amateur pedigree. Um, it would have been his best opponent on paper. It would have been his best opponent by some distance, uh, uh, Pfeiffer. Um, and I just think they didn't want it. And they're fighting this cruiserweight that no, no one's heard of. Sam, we will leave that there now. And I will leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. Um, it's always been a pleasure to catch up with you. I'm sure I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Nice one, Andy, mate. See you later, mate. This is Andy Perlwell for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. And I'm delighted to be joined by Jamie Moore over Zoom. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm all right, Andy. Thanks, mate. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm, I'm still kind of on that buzz after last night. It was obviously a very a very good show and a dramatic ending, as we saw Alexander Povetkin stop Dillian White in the fifth round. Jamie, just your reflection on that fight and, of course, Alexander's stoppage victory. Well, I think pretty much the same response as everyone. A bit, bit shocked um, at the time, obviously, because of the the sort of way the the fight was going, the direction it was going in. Dylan had sort of got a foothold in the fight and, and had hurt Povetkin. But you just sort of, even all the way up to that point, you, you, you could sense that he was he was in the fight. I don't think in commentary, maybe it was the positioning, but they wasn't picking up on the subtle stuff what um, what Povetkin was getting off. You know, those he set up the left up to the body really well. He sort of drops in with his right hand and then delays it downstairs. And um, and you could see Dylan feeling it and, and he was sort of reacting to it each time and stepping away. But the, the, the way he set it up and then switched it from the body and then brought up as a left uppercut instead at the end was, uh, was brilliant. So... It was a big risk. It was always a big risk because someone who's been around for that for that long, and even though he's probably past his best, he's only lost to AJ and Klitschko. He's uh, he was always a potential banana skin, and unfortunately, it's um, it's, it's it's heartbreak for him because he's been waiting so long for a world title shot, and now he looks like he's got to um, he's got to try and reverse that loss. Was you surprised at all that Povetkin was still able to find that shot despite the fourth round, obviously just the round before it when he was dropped twice? Yeah, well, I think so. A lot, a lot of the time, when you hurt your opponent, that's when you can 
sometimes be more vulnerable because defensively you switch off or, or your awareness switches off of the dangers what your opponent um, your opponent's threats are and so so I don't think he was totally unaware of the dangers but I think maybe just for that split second he, he thought he had him and he wasn't as dangerous as, as maybe he thought he was and, um, and he's paid the ultimate price um, but I've got to say it wasn't a fluke it wasn't a lucky shot it, it, it sort of set that shot up with a, with a left up to the body it, it, during those early rounds, even though I felt he was behind and, and Dylan was controlling the tempo of the fight. He kept it kept it at long or medium range because the dangers... I was talking to Nige because Nige, Travis was round there watching it with me and before the fight, we was talking about the dangers of... Because Dylan likes having a fight and Povetkin's really dangerous at short range. You know, he's got real nice short left hook and um, and, I, and we were saying that he can't afford to let him get close because that's where he'll do his best work. And unfortunately, at the moment where he thought he had him, he allowed him to get up close and uh, paid the ultimate price. What did you make of the rounds leading up to the knockdowns first and the fourth? You know, so the first, second and third round, how, do, how did you see kind of playing out? I thought Dylan was controlling the tempo and keeping it, like I say, long to medium range. But every time he let Povetkin fall into that pocket, he caught that left hook. He kept landing in the area. And, um, and we were talking maybe, knowing he was going to keep dropping that left hook, maybe he should have sort of caught it with his elbow and given him a little counter left hook just to offset his rhythm and, and try and give him a reason not to throw that left hook to the body because it was landing too often, I thought. And uh, like I say, it's, um, hindsight's a great thing, but it looked like, He'd navigated the, the first part of the fight well and it looked like he was in control. He'd hurt him. I didn't I didn't expect him to be able to hurt him as, as, as easily as, as he as he did really. Um and then bang, all of a sudden the tables turned. If you're in Dillian White's shoes now, are you instantly thinking about that rematch or is the kind of a psychological thing he has to overcome just because of how devastating a knockout it was? And that's that's that so this I've been talking about that today. So what if he doesn't execute his rematch clause, he'll lose it. If he does, is it going to be enough time to sort of overcome those psychological scars? And and you know, one example to me, a big one, is David Price when he when he lost um, when when he took his first loss. Um, I can't the guy's name slips me, but I felt like he. He rematched him too quickly. I, did, I didn't think he was over the psychological damage what losing your first fight does to you. I think, you know, once you've got a couple of losses under your belt, I think the turnaround can be quicker. I think you become mentally tough and you you learn how to deal with it better and you can turn it around quicker. So maybe, so maybe because Dylan, it's not, it's not his first loss. Um, you know, he, he has got that loss to AJ, so maybe it won't be as fast as turnaround and maybe be able to turn it around a bit quicker than he would usually. But um, but he's still a question and, you know, again, you know, Povetkin's a good fighter and, I, I'm, you know what, I'm gutted for him. I, there's a lot of similarities in in his situation to what Jack Carter going through at the minute. So, I, and I understand Jack's frustration. Jack's been over 18 months now. Dylan's three years so, I understand the reasons why he's took this fight, um, because if you want to get 
the rewards, i.e. you're on box office on Sky, yeah, the risk has got to equal that. Um, but, you know, it was a massive gamble and, uh, and unfortunately it's not paid off for him. What did you make of the corner dynamic? Obviously, losing Mark Tibbs or you know, Mark Tibbs and Dillian White splitting about a month before the fight. And now, you know, he's got a new trainer. He brought Dave Caldwell in on the night of the fight as well. What did you make of that? Do you feel it could have been any different if Mark was still with Dillian? Well, it's all right saying it after the event, isn't it? And, and the fact of the matter is, if Dillian would have closed the show last night after those two knockdowns, the, the 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 story of it all would be totally different. We'd all be sat here now saying, you know, it looks like he made the right decision getting rid of Mark Tibbs, blah, 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 bringing Dave in um, to, to give a, a bit of advice and a bit more experience to the corner. What a great move that was. And then now, bang, one shot, and then everyone starts questioning, was it the right move? Me personally, I don't know the situation, but all I do know is that Mark Tibbs is a solid trainer. He's, he's got a good relationship, or he had a good relationship with Dylan. I don't know the reasons of the breakup. So um, it's a personal issue, and I don't think, you know, potentially, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the fight because um, Povetkin's Povetkin, and Dylan didn't show anything different yesterday than, than what he's shown in the past. He, he fought the way he generally does. So, so. Um, I don't think it's, I would say, for or against. I don't think um, a part of the reason why he lost. I wouldn't have said it was part of the reason why he won if he would have closed the show. It's just, um, it's just probably, it's a personal issue. Just with the knockout itself, Jamie, just sum it up for me, kind of how you reacted to it because it, it kind of caught it caught me by surprise because I, I've seen I don't think anybody really saw it coming from how the round before it progressed. How did you actually react to it at the time? <laughs> we was literally, literally sat in there and we all jumped up and went, "What the fuck?" It was like, "Wow!" And and I think generally that was everyone's reaction. Um, yeah, just shocked really. Uh, not not the shock, the fact that that Povetkin had won but obviously it was one of those shots where it'll be replayed for years and years to come and you'll never get away from that now but I think Dylan's mentally um, a tough guy and and I think I, I liked what AJ was saying afterwards I've got to be honest um, don't forget AJ's been in this situation himself so he knows what it feels like it's heartbreaking um, and I thought he was really dignified in, 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 in the way he spoke about him. He understands that he'll in the long run he'll take lessons from it and, and he'll be able to improve him as a fighter if he takes the lessons what he's it's given him. Um so I thought I, I thought he was very dignified in his statement and the way he come across and um and as I, I don't as I keep saying it's just heartbreaking for him. He was so close to the to 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 the sort of having the getting the big fight and potentially the winner of Fury and Wilder and it's snatched away from him. The fight camp cards in general have been very well received. We've always kind of seen a, a very good headline fight in particular. Last night's card itself was a very good card. Um, but with that white Povetkin fight and the way that it's kind of it's caught everybody's attention around the world, is that kind of the only positive to take that eyes are back on the sport? We've just been in the middle, well, we're in the middle of a pandemic, five months without boxing, there's financial issues around the world now. Is that kind of going to bring back the attention to the sport? Is that the only positive that we can take from it? 
Well, if we're talking about boxing in general, obviously we're not talking about individual people's careers and stuff, but boxing in general, you can't fault what Eddie's done with, with the uh, shows over the last four weeks. have been great under horrendous circumstances. So, you know, the fact of the matter is he's put his hand in his pocket. He's, he's delivered quality shows under strict supervision. And the last show, uh, the pay-per-view show, um, the, you know, there was all good matchups. There was a few questionable decisions which could have gone either way. Um, or, or maybe, you know, people questioning the judges' scorecards and stuff. But people are talking about boxing and um, and that can only be a good thing. You know, I've seen a few comments recently about UFC, you know, saying that they match the best with the best and boxing's falling behind in that department. I think we can still get better. But I think maybe this smokescreen of a pandemic um, which is um, which has put everyone in a position where we've had to do certain things is probably going to be a good thing for boxing in the long run because Eddie's had to match people tough earlier than maybe he would have done but I think that's only a good thing as long as you know MTK do it with their own fighters they'll match their own fighters on their own shows but they always say don't worry about it you know as long as you perform well, win or lose, we'll always bring you back. And I think Eddie's along the same lines there. I think any of the lads who perform well and give a good account of themselves, regardless of whether, whether they win or lose, they bring them back. And that is what UFC is like. So um, so even though it's not directly, it's a combat sport, but it's nothing similar to boxing in that sense. But we can take lessons from it and learn from it. And I think in the long run, it'll be better for boxing. Let's just quickly work through the card, Jamie, from last night. and going to Taylor Pursuing 2. Again, a very, very good fight. How did you score it, though? Because a lot of people, again, kind of lean towards Pursuing over social media. Yeah, it was one of those fights. It, there, was, there was two or three rounds, definitely, where it, you could toss a coin. So, um, so I've, no, I've no arguments with the winner. Um, could have gone either way for me. Um, I fought one scorecard by seven rounds. Or seven, you know, it was two, two, six, seven points was too, too wide. But again, if you're favouring some certain person's work rather than the other one, and they are close rounds, then you can sort of see it. So, uh, so I have no questions with it. And I thought it was a closer fight than last time. I thought Pursuing won the first fight by by two rounds. So it was definitely closer than last time. Um, but you know, fair play to Katie Taylor. She didn't have to set that fight. She took it on. And she's uh, she got the win and um, fair play to her. Clay Congo again. That was a very very good matchup and a, a, a very good knockout victory for Chris Congo. What did you make of their fight? Yeah, I thought maybe schooling uh, showed in the end, but um, but I like say gave a great get a great account of themselves um, throughout it, and I'm sure he'll be back. He'll learn from that. I always say to my fighters, losses, they're not losses, they're lessons. And um, and that, as long as you look at it like that, it's always going to be heartbreaking. But but I like the fact that people, if you're not gutted when you lose, why are you doing this? You know, the more hurt they are, I think the more you're, you're looking to yourself and, and look for lessons to take from it and improve yourself as a fighter. So I'm sure you'll be back better, better and stronger. Uh, we saw Cullen Chelly open the card. A lot of people, you know, seem to have Zach Chelly winning on, on their own cards. Scored a draw. What did you make of it? I, th I thought it was a close fight. I, I don't think it was as wide as people were making out on social media. 
I thought maybe Chelly won it by a round or two, but they, they, there was no complaints from me when I was watching it. I thought I, I saw I thought Chelly might have nicked it, but when they announced the draw, I just I, I went, oh well, fair enough. You know, it was one of those fights, but um, I think it just depended what whose work you preferred, really. And we also saw the savage uh, Alan Babbage defeat Sean Dal Winters with a, a, a big second round knockout. What do you make of Babbage? You know, his style certainly, it's, it's entertaining to watch on the oil, but a few people have pointed out now that his defence doesn't seem to be his strong point. Yeah, I think a lot of exciting fighters are like that. Um, I think he was, you know, size was played a big factor last night. Um, a lot of people are talking about him and Dave Allen. So it's um, it's it's certainly be a fun fight if if that fight got made. But um but yeah, I like him actually. He's a character and, and that's what boxing needs. You know, he might not be the best defensively, um, but he goes in there and entertains and uh, and that's what fans want. You say he's a character, obviously everybody knows Dave Allen's a character. Is it a thought you'd be willing to discuss with Eddie? Of course. Okay. Any any fight, if it makes sense, if 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 it's good for both fighters, which I'm sure it would be, and it makes sense financially, then why not? I think um, it would be a fun fight, yeah. Um, so, so we've not even had a proper training camp to, together yet, Dave. You know, we've had conversations and talked about how you know we could improve him. Um, he's put them things into practice. He's looking in great shape. So I'm looking forward to getting a date and, a, and an opponent, and so we can start working tactically and, and, and the boxing side of it. Final thing, Jamie, before I let you go, we actually haven't had a chance to catch up yet, but we obviously saw Carl Frampton victorious last weekend. Just reflect on Carl's victory and his performance for me. Yeah, it was always going to be a bit of an ironing trophy for Carl, really. You know, it was, a, it was seven different opponents over a five-week period. It was always frustrating for him. Um, someone who's much bigger, uh, naturally, you know, an opponent behind closed doors. It was always difficult to get the sort of level of opponent you'd want, especially when there's so many changes. So it was important that Carl didn't go in there and try and blast him out of there. And because when you do that, it never happens. So he had to make sure he, he navigated the fight right, established his jab, got his range and distance, which was out a little bit because he'd not boxed for a long time. But I was, I was happy with the way he navigated it. He went through the gears, he worked the body, he, he sort of established himself and then went through the gears and, and stopped the guy. So you couldn't have asked him anything more. I think if he'd have gone about it differently, it could have turned into an ugly, rough, um, scruffy affair. So um, so he got out of it what he needed. So he got his timing and distance, which obviously was was the main one. He got rounds under his belt. He got the stoppage win and went through the gears. And that was, sets him up nicely for, for Herring. Jamie, it's always been a pleasure to catch up with you. I will come to see you all soon. Uh, thank you for your time, mate, and obviously enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. Cheers, mate. No worries. 